Brother, Brother Hall and Ben, uh, Lisa's brother's back uh, in town trying to get the house ready, and they've been going through stuff. My daughter Elizabeth's been going through stuff for weeks. And separating it up between the siblings, the children, uh, brother, the Hall children, and then beyond that, the grandchildren, and uh, so on and so forth. So, my dad had a storage shed that it was coming out of his money before his death there in Madisonville. We had some of his stuff stored in it. We had some of my stuff stored in it, uh, more his stuff than mine. But uh, uh, when we come back this last time from the funeral, we did uh, pull a little U-Haul trailer with some of our stuff, some of that stuff in it. And then um, that being said, all the, the things that's been gone through, we just told Elizabeth to put it over in that storage shed. But uh, I don't, I've taken over the price of the storage shed, the cost of the storage shed back in December and under new management with higher prices and they force you to get insurance. You know how that goes. But anyway, um, that being said, we don't really leave it, you know, the stuff that Lisa's getting, she don't want to necessarily leave it in the storage shed for any length of time. And um, I don't want to be paying off that for, for a long time. So uh, Lisa asked me, she said, is there any time, I don't have any more three-day weekends coming up, is there any time between now and our meeting, maybe sometime soon, that we can, we can look about going into Kentucky and getting the stuff and closing down the storage shed? And I was looking at the calendar, um, and again, five Sundays and so on and so forth, and looking at my calendar at work, um, and it seems like the best calendar days for me to go would be uh, probably taking off the 14th and 15th, Thursday and Friday, drive the 14th, pack the 15th, drive back the 16th, and, um, and just do it that way. Uh, but if I do that, uh, then I would like Brother Chris to preach for me on Sunday the 17th, Sunday morning, uh, since I'll be driving back and who knows what time we get in, just to give myself that extra uh, time and so and then I'll preach Sunday night the 17th I should be here on the 17th everything working well but I'm going to ask Brother Chris uh, to uh, prepare to preach for us on the Sunday morning the 17th and uh, then that way we can get in here and and try to get some of that stuff back so I did want to uh, failed to made I meant to mention that this morning so we'll put him on on standby to do that, and then we're going to make a mad dash to Kentucky and back. And uh, I still got stuff in Kentucky, but uh, this this will be all everything out of the storage shed, and uh, possibly some of the stuff down at the house, just as much as we can get in, whatever we can get, and get it back out here, and fill up this building, and <laughs> then go. Th but it's here; I can go through it and get rid of it when I can't uh, as easy as I can in Kentucky. So. All right, so Proverbs chapter 3, Proverbs chapter 3, and uh, I know Brother Powell quoted Proverbs, but he, he said Psalms. Uh, Psalms 1, and he quoted Proverbs, but anyway, so uh, I did pick up on that this morning, we all do it, and uh, so, um, but I thought to myself, you know, it's interesting that he, he went down through there talking about wisdom, and uh Again, what the Proverbs is about, I will read one, and then we'll go to three again. The Proverbs of Solomon, the 
son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity, to give subtlety to the simple, to the young man knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels to understand a proverb and the interpretation, the words of the wise and their dark sayings. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So this is the, you know, and the onset of, of chapter 1, we understand what the Proverbs were written about. Again, Solomon, given wisdom, because he asked for wisdom, we too can ask for wisdom and receive of the Lord. If we ask uh, uh, in faith, unwavering faith, the Bible tells us, and we've quoted that scripture recently, we've read that scripture recently, and uh, and then so and in fact uh, that was um, uh, it come up in discussion at uh, at the dinner table today, Brother Powell talking about wisdom uh, that he prays for day by day, but he says I don't want to get to the place where it just becomes a habit. I actually want to pray, you know, for wisdom, knowing that I need wisdom uh, in the things that he deals with uh, as well. And uh, and then in the world that we're living in today, and and how rapidly. Uh, this world could disintegrate as we know it. Life as we know it could change very rapidly. Uh, you can just point to the AT&T outage uh, the other day for half of a day uh, and how that it affected a lot of people to the negative. Uh, it did affect us. I think it's because I, don't know, I know some other people on AT&T that it didn't affect. I didn't know if it might affect. It might have been because of our area code uh, in 270, a lot of it, you know, was up in the northeast and so on and so forth, and how it just disrupted and whatever their excuses are, uh, it disrupted a lot of things. And other networks were involved too, and just a lot of things going on. And uh, you take away communication, that isolates people. Take away transportation, that isolates people. We can't communicate one with another. We can't get around to see each other. Then we're isolated, and um, and it's easier to control folks when they isolate folks whether it be communication or transportation, just letting you know things like that. So, and it's, it's doable, and it's doable in a, in a manner because of the way that we are currently, um, uh, uh, we currently communicate. Uh, most folks don't have a home phone anymore, and then the home phones that you do have, like I have over here, we published, we got the home phone when I got here to publish a Oklahoma area code so we could put it on our church publications. Uh, it's it, it doesn't go to a hard line. There's no hard line. <laughs> there might be some hard lines through a certain point, but then it goes it goes cellular. So no hard lines anymore. And uh, a lot of things in digital and digital platforms can break down. And when they do, we're at the mercies of whoever steps up. Let's just put it that way. So I pray for wisdom. I, I see these things, hear these things, understand these things. And I actually have to make plans for these things when it comes to my secular job. We often ask the question, you know, do you have phone numbers of everybody in your office to get a hold of? Yes, we do. Where is it at? Oh, it's on the computer. <laughs> oh, you don't have it printed off? No. What if the computer don't work? And they look at you like deer in headlights. Um, you know, and so, so that's what I do. And that's what I think about and and do pray for wisdom in a lot of areas there. And these Proverbs, as 
as Solomon asked for wisdom, God gave him wisdom. God gave him a lot more than just wisdom, but he only asked for wisdom. And then these Proverbs are results of the wisdom of God and then, he, and then Ecclesiastes as well in observations of life. And I appreciate the Proverbs, appreciate Ecclesiastes. I like Song of Solomon too when handled appropriately. Um, there are men, there, I know of one that bragged on, on teaching or yeah, teaching Song of Solomon to a, to a teenage class. And he, he, would, he, he said, you've got to give them what they want. And he mishandled Song of Solomon in that teenage class. And the results of those teenage lives bore the witness to his mishandling of Song of Solomon in the teenage class. But he's got wisdom here, and we can learn from him. And again, we often pointed out that Oftentimes we see my son show when Solomon penned the Proverbs, he's penning as a father to the son, and we can make application to our heavenly father who canonized these Proverbs in the Scriptures, giving us instruction, we the children, we the sons of God. And so when we read at the beginning of chapter 2, my son, when we read the beginning of chapter 3, my son, and all throughout the Proverbs, my son, or chapter 4, is hear ye, hear ye children. I like that what it just goes on. Hear ye children the instruction of a father and attend to no understanding. So, uh, so again, Solomon pinning these Proverbs in the guise of a father giving instruction to a son or a, fa- a parent to a child, we can make application again because it is canonized. It has been kept and preserved in the scriptures from a heavenly father to his children. And so when we look at it that way and we make application to our lives, and we've done pointed out if we can make application to a daily, our daily lives and the various aspects of our lives in whatever time of life, that's a good way, whatever time of life that we find ourselves in. Lisa and I were musing the other day uh, as we was going down the road and just, you know, having buried Sister Hall recently and my dad recently. And years ago when we first took dad in, a lot of misunderstanding, a lot of difficulty in taking in a parent and having to care for a parent, especially when it's not her parent. And she was doing a lot of taking care of whenever I was at work. Um, and I said, I tried to, to help her with some understanding that it is a page in the chapter, or a chapter in, in the pages of our life. And I said, if we will just deal with the chapter that we're living in right now, eventually... The page will turn, and we'll find ourselves in a different chapter. And we were just musing the other day how that, you know, we're looking at each other. Jesse's gone. We're, you know, we're in our late fifties now, or heading to our late fifties. I'll be fifty-seven this year. She'll be fifty a year younger than me this year. <laughs> And just kind of musing 
about where we're at in life. <laughs> as, we, as we muse on these things, I, I, I see that some of these practical um, proverbs, some of these practical applications don't apply to me anymore necessarily like they would have 30 years ago, 20 years ago. But there are some that, that doesn't apply to the 20-somethings and the 30-somethings in here that I'm finding applies to me because of where I'm at in life. And I'm sure everybody can look at them and, and, and take these as they come and make it apply to where you're at in your stage of life. Stage and station. Not only stage as being the age, but station in life. You still have ch- young children at home. You still have, t- you have teenagers at home. Maybe you have a stretch of, <laughs> like the Huffins, you have a stretch of, of folks at home like that. And we've been there and done that. We're not there anymore. So stage and station of life and, and just how that we can take these, apply it, make application. Some folks work a secular job. Some folks don't. They're retired and so on and so forth. So as we go through these, we can just get good practical applications in this. Of course, last week we dealt with trusting the Lord with all of our heart, leaning not into our own understanding, and in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. That's where it was at. It shall be health to thine able and marrow to my bones. And, we, and I, I thought it was just providential that Brother Pitt said, I'm praying for a vehicle. And, we can, and I told him that I used that, actually, and that we were helping him pray. But I used that in Proverbs 3. And the instruction, just as an example, that, you know, lots of times we say, oh, you know, it's just a vehicle. We can go down. We know what to look for. But what about what God wants you to have? And that's what I appreciate that, you know, Brother Pitts and others that I've known that have applied it that way. God, yes, I'm... Brother Glenn is a good vehicle shopper. And he's helped folks get vehicles. But go in not only with the practical wisdom that Brother Glenn takes to the car lot, but with the prayer that God would guide you to the one he wants you to have. You know, lead me, help me, and, and so that we, I'm going to preach that again. So that brings us down to verse number nine. No, yep, yeah, nope, hang on. Yes, verse number nine. We're going to look at nine and ten, one sentence, and then we'll be done. Well, there's going to other scriptures too, but but I was looking at here, and and you know, as we go through here, some sometimes there's obvious sections, and I, and I and I look for these sections here. We went through the whole. The whole thing in chapter two, but in chapter three, there's you know getting down here, and I try to read to, to you know the different sections, and so I find the nine and ten goes together, and then we're talking about chastisement in verse eleven, so we'll deal with that later, next week. But verse number nine says, "Honor the Lord with thy substance, and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty." And thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the instruction in the word of God. We pray that you'll help us to take what we hear and that you'll give us wisdom in it and knowledge and understanding and that we'll take and apply it to the various stages and stations of life that we find ourselves in. 
and we'll thank you and praise you. We ask and pray these things in Christ's name. Amen and amen. Honor the Lord with thy substance, comma, <laughs> and, so there's more than just that, and with thy first fruit, with the first fruits of all thy an increase, so shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. We've dealt with, you know, Malachi chapter 3. I've got it, and I've actually got it written down here, um, or I went to the notes there when I went to Malachi 3 before, and I just used the same notes there and just tagged the Proverbs and some of the New Testament scriptures I didn't deal with before on the front of this, and we'll look at it. I've got it to make reference if we need it. But honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. Colon. So there's what he tells you to do, but then there is a result we see of doing that. So the instruction is in verse number 9, the result of, of obeying or implementing, there's a good word, implementing the instruction in verse number 9 is found in verse number 10. What's going to happen? So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Uh, uh, you know, if you honor the Lord with your substance, he's going he's to bless you, bottom line. And we see that in Scripture after Scripture after Scripture after Scripture, you know, throughout the Scriptures that where, where men did that, whether it was the tithe under the law, but, you know, we also know that there was a time when, you know, God was sick of their, uh, sick of their sacrifices. He wanted their obedience. He wanted their lives. And we understand, we understand that. But I know men, I know men that have taken this principle and can testify verse number 10 in their lives. Not just a tithe per se, but honoring, honoring the Lord with their substance. And then it talks about their increase. So there's two different, two different parts here. One is what you have honor God with. Whether he's given you little or he's given you lot, honor God with it. Brother, uh, brother, 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 brother G. Mathias, pastors in Kentucky, he was raised Catholic, and, uh, but grandma wasn't Catholic, I don't reckon. He said he remembers going to grandma's house, you know, and in the summertime spending days with grandma and um, being in grandma's kitchen, I just, I love memories of my grandmother's kitchen and often go there often. I go there often because just a lot of what happened in grandma Nana, Nana's kitchen. But anyway, Brother Matthias said, I remember going to grandma's house when I was a boy and, you know, I'd go in there and from time to time I would see her open the cabinet and she she she'd pull down two jars, and uh, she had some money on the table, and she'd she'd open one jar and she'd put some money in that jar, put the lid back on, and she'd open the other jar and put some money in that jar, put the lid back on, and he he asked her, said, he said, Grandma said, uh, what are what are those for? And she she looked at him, she said, Well, son, she said, this jar is God's jar. And I have found through the years 
if I'll take care of God's jar and giving him what belongs to him, then he'll take care of my jar. And just good practical grandma religion. Now, does it say that grandma had a lot of substance? No, but grandma had some substance, and she honored God in what she had, her substance, not the increase yet, just with what she had. And by honoring God with her substance, taking care of his jar, then she, she knew and understood verse number 10 where God would take care of her jar. And there, I've heard him tell that story at least twice through the years that I've known him, at least twice in his preaching he brought it out. And, I'm, and it's just one of those things, that illustrations that stuck with me. And even who told me, who told that illustration? I thought, that is just so practical. That is just so, so wise in that. And again, the, you know, in, in, in this verse number 9, in the word substance here, it doesn't say that you have to have great substance to honor the Lord. You can honor the Lord with a little substance. We see that. I don't have it in my notes, but we can turn there. The, the, the widow's might. The Lord and his disciples were just at the synagogue observing. They wasn't instructing at the time. They was just watching people come in and give, dropping into the offering plate. And they seen the widow come in and put in her two mites. And then the Lord, seeing that, looked to his disciples and said, she gave more than all the rest of them. I'm paraphrasing. And they questioned. They said, what? It's just two mites. And he said, yes, but she gave of her, uh, her substance, right? Her, what what? She didn't give of her abundance. She gave of what it, she lived on. What it took to live on. Because she knew, verse number 10, that if she did that, that her barns would be filled with plenty and the precious shall burst out with new wine. She knew that God would take care of her jar. So we see in verse number 9, Substance. And that's just what we have, day by day. But then it goes on after the comma and after the conjunction, the word conjunction and. So there's more beyond the substance there is with the first fruits of thy increase. And that really, I think, points to a tithe, even though it doesn't say the word T-I-T-H-E. But the principle is there set forth like when they would bring in a harvest in, under the law, the, the priest, the Levites, did not have any land of their own to put out a garden of their own. So they were to be taken care of of the tenth, the first part of everybody else's harvest would be brought in and that's what they were to live on. They didn't have land of their own to do that. And that was a principle set forth under the law to take care of the Levitical tribe. And so, so it, you know, with the first fruits of thine increase, and I, I'm just throwing this out here. I'm not aiming. I'm just throwing these out as examples. So if, you know, that you get an increase beyond substance, something that's coming your way that, you didn't have before. Just honoring God in that. 
And, and again, I'm just using people that I know as examples. I'm not making any application to anybody that's in this room. But there was a man in, well, we've seen it from strangers down the road here. They've been here three times. He got an increase. He finally got 100% on his VA disability. He got an increase. And he wanted to practice verse number nine. And he came here with the, we're not his church. He, when I talked with him the very, uh, probably the second time we talked with him, uh, then they, they, they were looking the first time, they wound up going to another church. The second time we were just convenient because uh, they was going to go to a, a family reunion and for them to go up to where, you know, the distance to their church that they found and then to get back to go to the family reunion it was going to cause a time issue, so they just come here to church. That was the second time they were here. But when I found out that, that again, so they had another church. They found a church to go to and be members of. And then they come in here specifically, finding, looking for a plate. They were looking for envelopes. So they come here specifically to give an offering on his increase. We're not their church. Mixed up with where the tithes should have went. Should have went to his own church. But he come with the desire to give of his increase. There's a, a man, he's dead now, gone on quite some time ago. He, uh, and it might have been, it might have been the same thing with him, or it seems to me that it was some kind of an insurance settlement, but it could have been his getting his 100%, but I just know that there was an offering given when he got that increase above and beyond what he normally gave there at church. I knew things that a lot of people didn't because I worked in the church. I was there on Monday when Brother Hall was asking about, all right, you know, how much you take into the bank today? Because there was a big ministry and a big expense to the ministry. Bigger expense now. They raised $50,000 for one quarter here in January. And that was still under what they, they really needed. I mean, as far as what's on paper. But I've seen God sustain the, the uh, longtime engineer for the radio station and many other radio stations in the area. So what he did is, and as a radio engineer, he, he uh, well, you could hire him by the hour. <laughs> or what we did is we put him on a retainer. He got a certain amount every week. And we increased it through the years. Brother Hall did as, as cost of living and things like that went up. We gave, as we got raises, he got a raise. He's a Catholic man by religion. And uh, he was a radio engineer. He would come, and because he was on retainers, if something broke down, then we could call him 24-7, and he would come and fix it. And we didn't have to pay them at that hourly rate because we, we paid him the retainer all the time. But he would stand to testify tonight. He's probably in his late 80s, early 90s. But if I would bring him in tonight and, tell, and, and have him testify of, of the things that he has seen <laughs> around the radio station and that radio work, and, and when things were not supposed to work engineering-wise, 
they somehow worked. When things were not supposed to last, <laughs> engineering-wise and mechanically-wise, they lasted. And he just flabbergasted. He said, God is with this station. He will testify that. Because he's seen too many things that was unexplainable in the engineering field and in the mechanical field that was not supposed to continue to work or work the way that it was working. And he had no explanation for it. And, you know, it's because... I believe, you know, God's blessing is on that because, you know, the way that they do. And I, and I understand, you know, preachers we all love and, and they would handle it a little bit different. But, uh, you know, it's still a principle in the Word of God. And, and anybody that will ever just, like Malachi says, he said, just prove me. Just prove me. And uh, let's just read. I'm just going to read it. It's in there. I just can't find it right off here. Prove, prove. Let's see here. Maybe I can't find it. There it is. Verse number 10. It's talking about tithes. You know, Malachi 3, 10. Bring me all the tithes and bring all, ye all the tithes into, thy store, into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open you the windows of heaven, and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Prove me. He's talking about the tithe there. And, of course, I know there's debate about the storehouse, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. I've heard it all. But the bottom line is you can still apply the principles in, in, in uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10, and you're still going to receive verse number 10, just like you received the end of verse number 10 in Malachi 3. You're going to receive a blessing. But people can't get a hold of that. Some people, as preachers have said, tip God. You know, uh, you know, and so on and so forth. But you, you give, and we we can we've taken we've taken the first time we went through there. We you know what the what the monies are for that comes through to the to the offerings. We we come in on the third Sunday. You know what to go to. Yes, you give me um, a love offering, which we apply to the a housing allowance, and then we keep the lights on, we pay the gas bill around here, and the expenses of the church, just like you would as far as the expenses of your home. And it takes, it takes mon money to do that. We've got an upcoming April meeting. I'll just throw this out here while we're there. I've already been given some cash to hold, to use for the expenses of the preachers. And it's not so much that we're paying them to come and preach. I guarantee any, every, every one of them, if they didn't get anything, <laughs> would go and be fine with it. But it's, there's, a, there's an, just an people that, good preachers, preachers that'll preach straight behind this pulpit that I know, but they drive a long distance. And basically, what we're able to give them in the last several years has pretty much probably covered their fuel. So basically, they're just not out an expense. We pay for their meals and their, their hotel while they're here. They may have a couple of little things, but it still gets them here and gets them home, 
And they don't have to be concerned with that. And it may be, and then I know preachers that will, you know, once we give them the honorarium, as we call it, we give them the honorarium, they give it back to me. Or they keep it and they say, I can do with whatever I want to do with this. We said, once it transfers to your hand, you can do with whatever you want to. And maybe that they've helped some of their other people, their church people that had a you know, struggle with gas money and stuff, that wanted to be here, wanted to get something for their loved ones, for themselves and for their families, wanted to keep their, their lost loved one under the preaching of the word of God. I don't know, but it's just right to do. And if you'll do it as unto the Lord. So that's, the, that's another thing too. Honor the Lord with thy substance. You say, well, you're honoring man. No, because once you're, when you're giving it, you're putting it to there. And that is to do the church. It goes to the church. And then the church takes it and distributes it. But... But when you bring it, you're bringing it as an honor to the Lord. When we, when we take up the offering at the end of Sunday school, we put it there in the box. A lot of it is the mindset and a heart set. Nobody's twisting your arm to give. So, But when you do give, oh, let's just go to the New Testament here. Actually, let's just turn there because the whole chapter is given to it. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. But there is the verse, and we're going to, I'll just read the verse, and then we'll look at the whole chapter here. Verse number 7 says, Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give. Not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Have you ever put money in the offering plan and said, Jesus loves me? <laughs> I have because of that verse. Jesus, or God, loves me. God loveth a cheerful giver. And when I have put it in there cheerfully, I know God loves me. The Bible tells me so. But looking at the, the whole chapter itself, Paul is dealing with taking care of the saints. For as touching the ministering to the saints, and ministering is taking care of their food, taking care of their lodging, other needs that they may have. As, as far as touching the ministering to the saints, it is superfluous for me to write to you. Let's see here. I meant to. So um, basically superfluous, and again, I meant to put the definition down of superfluous because it's not, but it's unnecessary. Another word for superfluous, synonym. It's unnecessary that I should write this stuff to you. Because you've already got a name for yourself. That's what he's getting ready to. For I know, and it doesn't say the F-R-O, the forwardness. No, it says the forwardness. For I know the forwardness of your mind. For which I boast of you to them of Macedonia... That, uh, that Achaia was ready a year ago, and your zeal hath provoked many, or provoked very many. Because of the, in other words, because of the way you give, Corinthians, it's caused other people to do the same. Ye have, 
Yet have I sent the brethren, lest our boasting of you should be in vain on this behalf, that, as I said, ye may be ready, lest happily if they of Macedonia come with me and find you unprepared, we, and in parentheses, that we say not ye, should be ashamed in the same confident boasting. Therefore I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren that they should go before unto you and make, and make up beforehand your bounty, whereof ye had noticed before that the same might be ready as a matter of bounty and not as of covetousness. So in other words, they just made preparation for the crowd that was coming. We're coming. There's some brethren of Macedonia, or brethren, if they of Macedonia come with me, there's a crowd coming, and I want you to be ready. So just like I'm putting out the letter that says RSVP, <laughs> please respond, please tell me how many of Bethany's coming, how many is Pollard's coming, how many is in your family, so that we, at Sooner Rose, might make ready. So we have block of rooms laid by, so that we have enough food, enough food on the table to feed the crowd, so that we have the building prepared, cleaned up, we have extra tables and chairs and areas for the overflow from the, from the uh, fellowship hall, so that we might make ready. We might make preparation. We might maybe give an extra offering in the preparation for the food in the preparation for the expense of the motel. Look, you go to some meetings, Brother Glenn, some, some can testify, you go to some meetings, they'll take, they'll take a whole hour for an offering. You might have had that here before. Because they know what the expenses of the meeting are, and they don't want anybody, they want God to cover the expense of the meeting before people leave. And I'm glad it's not that way around here. We trust God. God sends it in, but at the same time, making this principle apply, honor the Lord with thy substance and with thy first fruits all thine increase. And like we just read, every man according as he purposeth in his heart. I didn't say, okay, you have to give, you know, because if you make such and such a year, it says, what you purpose in your heart, so let him give, not grudgingly nor of necessity, if it's going to take it out of your children's mouths, it's going to take it out of your gas tank, that's not of your necessity. But what you purpose, with thy substance and with the first fruits of thine increase, for God love a cheerful giver. But he deals with that in verse number 6. But this I say... He which soweth sparingly shall also reap sparingly, and he that soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. The law of sowing and reaping, it applies to giving. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give not grudgingly of necessity, for God loveth the cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. Now, I'm going to go back to the parentheses, which is two verses. So, every good work, verse number 8, and then jump to 11. Being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, 
which causeth through us thanksgiving to God. So God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always having all sufficiency, sufficiency, there we go, in all things may abound to every good work, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causes which causes through us thanksgiving to God. God's able, and we thank God for it when He when He does these things. Now, the parenthetical statement gives a little bit of extra information. So let's read it that way. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye, always having all sufficiently in all things, may abound to every good work. All right, so he goes back. As it is written, He hath dispersed abroad, he hath given to the poor, his righteousness remaineth forever. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food, and multiply our seed sown, and increase the fruits of your righteousness. All right, so gives you that little indendum there. Is it verse number 12? For the administration of this service not only supplieth the want of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God. So as these come in, the saints are taken care of, the saints are thankful to God for providing through the church of Corinth. I thank God for sustaining me. We're going to go to Luke here in a second. Well, let's just go there now. Well, let me finish reading this. Whilst the experiment, whilst by the experiment of this ministration they glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ and for your liberal distribution unto them and unto all men, and by their prayer for you, which long after you, for the exceeding grace of God in you, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Which is Christ, and I've heard that applied there in that way, but then when I read that again here, I'm thinking, you know, we can put lots of things there. His unspeakable gift in the gospel, his unspeakable gift is, the, well, it says the gospel of Christ there in verse number 13, the gospel of Christ, Christ's shed blood, his unspeakable gift in his just sustaining graces that day by day. Again, because thanksgivings are to be made to God for, well, because of these things, extra thanksgivings, many thanksgivings are being made unto God. There we see in verse number 12. And I believe the people with the right, the right perspective will give God the glory in it all. And it's not that, it's not that, you know, churches... Uh, and I, I, know, I know of some that probably fall over the hump in that way and they get to the place of pride for what they do, how many missionaries that they have, how, you know, how big their mission budget is, how many buses they run. I've heard it. But again, it goes back to the right heart for heart. What are we doing this for? Is it to put a feather in, my, in the pastor's cap? Is it to put a feather in the church's cap? Or is it to give God the glory? And I, honor, we got back to our verse in Proverbs 3, honor the Lord. 
with thy substance. And then, you know, every man giveth according to the purpose of being in his heart. Again, you've purposed and it's honoring the Lord with your substance. It's not like the Pharisee, you know, that in talking about when, when prayer in Matthew chapter 6, you know, go into your closet instead of praying openly. It's not like the, the, the one that, you know, get, you're not letting your right hand know what your left hand does, and, but say, oh, yeah, look at me. I wrote the one with the big numbers on it. All those zeros. Just put it in. It shows up, or it shows up in the on this Sunday. We had a offering of, and that's how it comes in. The God, because you're giving it to God, and God is getting the glory out of it. Uh, Luke, chapter six. Be therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. Verse thirty-six. Judge not, and the reason I put this in here, so Luke thirty-six or Luke six, is because of the sentence structure. That's where I wanted to get to. This happens to fall this way. Luke six thirty-six. Be ye therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. Period. There's a lot of colons here. Judge not, and ye shall not be judged. Colon. Condemn not. And he shall not be condemned. Colon. Again, there is a action and there is a consequence or a, a reaction. Judge or judge not. Condemn not. Forgive. And it shall be, or and ye shall be forgiven. Colon. One sentence. Give, and it shall be given unto you. He goes on a little bit more detail right here. Good measure. One of these days, I'm just going to find them and buy them. It's going to be one of my, one of my props, <laughs> like my flashlight, my magnifying glass. But I've often thought about that right there, that... Um, the next word, good measure. The True Value Hardware Store back in, in Madisonville, Kentucky, you know, this time of the year, you can go in and buy bulk seeds. I like going in there, the smell, just something about this time of year. I like the hardware store. Lisa's like, I don't know why. You know, I drag, she drags me to those other stores, you know, home and the basket and Hobby Lobby. It's like we went to the basket the other week on, uh, on a Saturday. And I said, oh, we're right here. I said, I've been hearing about that Cops Gun Shop on the radio. It's just across the interstate here. And so we're getting out of the Cops Gun Shop. She said, I guess I'll go in with you since you went in with me to the basket. So it's a give and take kind of thing. I go with her to the basket. She goes me to the cop's gun shop. You know, and she also went with me in tenors. And we both went in and go, ah, smell that leather. You know, so we both like that. But 
I go into the, to the hardware store and, and this time of year, and you go to the bulk seed, and they had them great big metal scoops. And, uh, you know, down in them bin of seeds. Of course, they got some seeds because they're small seeds. They got the little bitty metal scoops, and they got the little bitty paper bags. And you buy your seed by the pound. They got the little scales there. And going in there year after year after year, it's just seeing those metal scoops. Because like I said, depending on what you're planting, some, some seeds you don't need but the little scoop and the little paper bag. And then other seed, you're going to plant corn or something like that. You want plenty of rolls. You get the big scoop and the big bag. And they'll put them in there, wait about a pound. You go pay it in the register. But I couldn't, every time I read or quote this verse of Scripture, when I get to the good measure, I think about that metal scoop that's in those metal scoops that are in those seed bins. Good measure. So I'm thinking, oh, let's just read it. Good measure. Press down. And you've seen them. They, want it, they get the bag and they just fill it up. And they press it. And then they shake it to give you a little bit of space just to be able to roll it and tape it at the top. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over. Shall God. It doesn't say God. It says, shall men give into your bosom. Is that what Corinthians, in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, the Corinthian church are practicing? Sounds like it to me. They're taking care of the saints. General saints, not just the preacher. Take care of the saints just like we will come April for their rooms, for their food, anything else they have need of. We'll try to accommodate them because the Bible talks about hospitality. The Bible talks about all those things. Loving one another, and we can bring that back down to love and doing that for each other. But, but, so when so shall thy fields barns be filled with plenty, and thy precious shall burst out with new wine. That's God doing the uh, the blessings on the growth, obviously, and then um, the necessity God's given back over there, uh, you know, and probably if we wanted to make application of Luke chapter six to the Corinthian church. God is continuing to bless, but he would probably be blessing because it was just men. So you give, and you're going to get. <laughs> you're going to give, and men will give you. That's what it says. Shall men give into your bosom? Period. For with the same measure, there's that scoop again. For with the same measure that ye have meat, with uh, that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. If I've got the ability to use the big scoop <laughs> to give, then when men give back to me, they're not going to go over to the little scoop. It doesn't say that. It's gonna, they're going to go to the same scoop that I measured out with, and they're going to measure back to me. If I use the little scoop, then when it comes back to me, it's going to be given back to me with the little scoop. 
And you'll never be the same when you walk in the hardware store around planting season when you see those scoops. For with, what the, with the same measure, the same scoop, that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. So it's just the truth of the word of God. I didn't say it. God did. Christ did. And these are in the Beatitude section, the Sermon on the Mount section of Luke. And I know that, that Lisa and them have started the Blessed are and so on and so forth there in that section in Matthew. But it's still the Sermon on the Mount, Luke's account, and, and he, he, it's, it's Christ talking. Just, again, practical. The Sermon on the Mount is practical. It's how you deal with people on a daily basis. If we can ever get to being stricken, smitten on the cheek, offer up the other cheek also, that's tough. But again, it's Christ's instruction to, to us. Loving thy enemy, blessing them which persecute you, despitefully use you. That's some tough stuff. That's some tough stuff to follow, but it's still in the word. And if we can ever grow into that grace, that would be a wonderful, wonderful thing. But this, again, just using that section because of where we're at in Proverbs 3, it, it's there. James chapter 2, and I'm almost done. James chapter 2, we can, you know, James chapter 2, again, dealing with the New Testament practicalities and hopefully some practicalities in our giving. This is talking about works. We deal with works, not working your way to heaven, not working your way to merit anything about salvation not working your anything to, to keep your salvation, but to show your faith by your works. And it could be giving, not necessarily the dollar, but provision for somebody. James chapter 2, verse number 14. What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled. Notwithstanding, ye give them not those things which are needful to the body. What doth it profit? We have the ability to provide a need for, it says, a brother or sister. We see a brother or sister in need, which, again, in, in application, goes back to 2 Corinthians. The saints. Ministering to the saints. Yes, there is a place, just like the Good Samaritan and the parable of the Good Samaritan who is thy neighbor, there is that place. And I know that there's ministries, and I use that loosely or whatever, ministries that have the food pantries. There's ministries that have the clothes closets. 
uh, there's, you know, in this world we're living at now, in that now that it was really sad in some of these ministries, some of the, uh, you know, uh, some of the places that's like the, the thrift stores and a person go in with a need, the thrift store that gets all of the clothes that's in there from a donation will not give a person a coat or a pair of pants or a shirt. And that has happened, and it's happened on video these days, which is sad. But this brings it down to us. This brings it down to you and me as a Christian when we see a brother or a sister in need. Giving. And again, I think it goes back to our heart. Are we giving to be recognized? If we are, there's our reward. But if we're giving to honor God, then that, that, that makes it, then your reward will be in heaven. Yeah. You know, when Brother Brunson, I'm trying to think, I think it was on a fifth Sunday, one of the, when we both were there, which has been quite a while, and when he preached on laying up our treasures, he preached on those treasures, great message, and it really kind of really applies all that in that. I've seen a little thing, social media, you know, one of those little whatever, but it made you think, especially in light of James chapter 2, 14 through 16. And it says a little girl was asked, are you Hindu, Christian, or Muslim? And she answered, I'm hungry. You know, so many times we get the wrong attitude. And we give for the wrong reason. We judge, going back to, and condemn, going back to six, Luke 6, 37. When they just need a need met. We have the ability out of our substance or we have the ability out of our first fruits to give. So I know there's a lot of applications here, giving unto the Lord, giving unto the, you know, giving through the church to the saints. And then James 4, you know, James 2 is just seeing, it says a brother or sister, but I think you can make applications somewhere else. You know, you want to go with them for the gospel, but they're hungry. You want to go with them with the gospel, but they're naked. They're cold. They need a coat. And to be able to minister to that need, then they might hear you with the gospel. So we'll leave it at that, and that's the, that's the message tonight. So lots of things, lots of things for me to think about, to examine when I give, um, um, you know, increase. I haven't got all of my father's inheritance that's coming my way yet. I have gotten some. And as I get it, I'm practicing it. And I don't say that boastfully. I'm just saying that if, if, if my faith you're to follow, 
to be an example. I mean, I didn't mean it in a, in, a, in a sense, you know, in a bad way or whatever, but I come across the parking lot with the umbrella the other day with Lisa underneath it, and I've held it for other people too. But when I did it for Lisa the other day, Brother Tim said, oh, ain't that sweet. And I said, just leading by example. <laughs> and I'll fail you. I will. I won't always be the right example, but I'm going to try to be the right example before you. If I get up here and I, I preach and say that's what we're supposed to be doing, and I'm not living by it. So just sit, look where you're at. Honor the Lord with thy substance. Are you doing that? And with the first fruits of thy increase, are you doing that? I ain't put a percentage on there. I didn't use the word T-I-T-H-E. I didn't use it. I, I, I read it in Malachi. But how are we giving? And who are we giving to? With what spirit are we giving? Not grudgingly, but cheerfully. For God loveth a cheerful giver. He said it, not me. Not grudgingly, but cheerfully. Here we go again. Just thinking. Turn it in. Flashlight and magnifying glass. Mirror and magnifying glass. Each time that I put my pen to the checkbook, each time that I open my wallet, my mind should be an examination of my heart. And in my mind, there have been times that I say, okay, my tithe is this. And the Holy Spirit says, but you had an increase. Oh, yeah. Void. <laughs> or I'll save that one for another time. Or... Maybe I hadn't had an increase. But there's more money at the end of the month. I got some substance. Hallelujah. And I'm just nudged to give a little bit more. So, an examination of our hearts when it comes to our giving. Two verses of Scripture there in Proverbs. Practical wisdom to give us understanding and application in our lives.